Hello everyone, welcome back to my solo road. It has been a couple of weeks since I sat down to record an episode, and I'm sorry for that. I'm going to go over consistency in podcasting uh, later today, so a little ironic, but I actually gave you one week intentionally to discover another podcast, find a different voice other than my own, and then the second week was completely unintentional. I recently posted about having a little bit of... uh I don't want to say mental health struggles because I am fine. I will be fine. But just having a bit of a downer of a week. And I wanted to take that time to give myself some space and not feel like I was forcing anything. Anytime I sat down to record, even yesterday I tried to record again and it felt forced and fake and I just didn't like how it was making me feel. I'm going to do a full mental health check-in episode next week. So that is coming. That way I can kind of tell you just where I'm coming from and why I've been feeling the way that I have in just a much more organized way, which I didn't want to do this week because I am kind of still in the midst of those feelings. And yeah, I would rather do it from afterwards so I can kind of give you advice and come from a more of a clear state of mind instead of being in the middle of things. But the overall point here is I am fine. I will be fine. I appreciate everyone who has checked in with me. I I really, I, I absolutely love you guys for that, but I'm fine and we will talk more about it next week. So moving along a little bit though, I finally found the company that I will be doing for my coffee brand, which is so, so exciting. I have been looking for a company to kind of partner with to create coffee, but nothing was really aligning. It it just didn't feel, you know, I was waiting, I was waiting to get that feeling of like, oh my God, this is it. And nothing was giving me that feeling. And so I just didn't want to sign anything. I didn't want to keep talking to these other companies because it just, I I just didn't really like it. I wasn't uh, vibing with it. And then I had this realization, you know, maybe a week or two ago, I was like, oh my God, how have I not thought of this one coffee company? I used to go to one of their locations all the time in Chicago. I love their coffee and the overall story kind of situation with their brand, I feel like really aligns well with mine. And so I reached out and within, I think like 20 minutes, I had a response from the owner of the company and him and I have been going back and forth and just trying to figure out the design for the bags and and what kind of coffee I want to have. I think we've settled on like a medium dark roast and then an espresso roast as well that is subject to change, but I'm just excited about it. So I'm, I'm trying to keep you in the loop. And then after we just do the initial coffees, I'm going to release cold brew with them as well. So I'm, I don't know which one I'm more excited for, honestly, because I've been drinking a sick amount of cold brew. But yeah, all of that is to come. I'm very, very excited about it. This is my first product, like physical type of product ever. So even just designing the bags for me is so cool to see my name and my logo and stuff like that. It's very exciting and it's very new. So I'll keep you in the loop as I learn more, but I wanted to share that with you because I'm excited and you're my friends. So lastly... I should probably tell you what today's episode is going to be about. So this is something that's been really requested, actually, but there's a bit of imposter syndrome for me always. We're going to talk about starting a podcast and how to monetize it, growing your Instagram and kind of attracting more eyes to it, and how to turn Instagram into a brand, how to monetize that as well, and then growing your website as well or your blog and getting more traffic and eyes there. So kind of an overall episode on improving your online presence, I guess, if you will, but a a portion of it will be podcasting specifically because I've been asked to do that. But like I was saying, I I feel a little bit of imposter syndrome all the time because... I am still figuring these things out as I go. I learn every day what to do, what not to do, and I am not claiming to be any kind of expert at these things, but I've managed to do something. I got you here, so that is something. (laughs) And I've been able to monetize all of those channels. I monetize my podcast, I monetize Instagram, and same for my website. My website was actually what carried me through income-wise until I could figure out how to make money from those other ways. So yeah, each podcast, Instagram, and website, I'm going to go over my biggest tips and my biggest like tools that help me 
in doing what I do. So we're just going to go over all of that. It's going to be a little bit more business oriented and informative than some other episodes, but I'm excited for it and I hope you are too. This is not a recipe, I guess I could say. If you replicate exactly what I say, I cannot promise you the exact same amount of success. You could be far more successful than I'll ever be, or you uh, may not see the amount of growth that I have in the last two years. That's just me being honest. I will tell you my experiences, what I have learned, what I have done, and try and save you some mistakes along the way by doing so, but you can't replicate exactly what someone else has done and see the exact level of success or, you know, even using the word success feels weird, but you get what I'm saying. Grab your drink. We will get started in just a second and I will see you back here. Okay, before we talk about monetizing a podcast, let's do an ad, shall we? So you guys know how much I love BetterHelp and I'm fresh out of a session. I don't know what it is. I love recording the podcast right after I have a therapy call because I leave feeling confident and good. And I talked to her a lot today about confidence in general and self-esteem and not having the ability to do the podcast when I'm feeling really low. It's like, I just don't like what I'm saying and I get really mean to myself. And she told me to remind myself of the why. She was like, whenever you're feeling that way, ask yourself why you want to do the podcast. And so we talked about that a little bit and I told her, you know, I truly believe I was put on this earth to serve. And she was like, okay, well then serve. Like if you, you know, obviously she's not telling me if your mental health is bad to still do something you don't want to do. She's just saying, instead of getting caught up in your head about how you're saying something, if the purpose is to serve and to share the advice and the things that you've learned, then just sit down and do that and they will respond accordingly. And so that's kind of what I did today. I had my therapy call. We talked about all of this. And then I sat down and for the first time in (laughs) two weeks, I've actually been able to record an episode. So it just really helps me getting a lot of my thoughts and my feelings out and to say them out loud. It just makes them feel much less heavy. So having someone to be able to dump everything on outside of a friendship, I'm talking a person who is educated on these things, who knows what to ask, what to say, um, and how to help efficiently. That is just, it's super important. So uh, BetterHelp is very affordable compared to most other therapies. If you've ever been in therapy, you know it is so expensive and BetterHelp is not. It's extremely affordable. And if you go to betterhelp.com slash divine and use the code divine, you will get an additional 10% off to the already affordable prices. And the world has felt really overwhelming lately and chaotic. And while some people are experiencing an overwhelming amount of new information and not feeling so great about their past choices, others are experiencing trauma and uh, having to see things that are really triggering. And, you know, I think collectively as humans right now, we could all benefit from a little bit of therapy. And I think that all the time, but especially right now. Um, So like I said, betterhelp.com slash divine, use code divine. Okay, moving along. Let's jump into the wonderful world of creating a podcast and how to monetize it. I did just write a blog post all about this particular topic, podcasting specifically, not anything about Instagram or websites, but I wanted to give you direct links somewhere. I'm going to go over all the equipment that I use for the podcast, which is not a lot, but I wanted you to be able to find actual links to each thing so you don't just go to Amazon or wherever and assume or think that you have found the right thing and it end up being wrong, whatever the case is. So if you are really interested in creating a podcast, you like this little section of today's episode, I recommend going over to that blog post and making sure that you are kind of finding the right things if you want to buy the same things, of course. So starting off with my biggest tips and things that I have learned from having this podcast, number one, be consistent. (laughs) Consistency is key. I know I'm coming off of two weeks 
having not done an episode, which may sound hypocritical, but I, you guys know I value mental health over anything. I was not in a place to do it, but I'm really referring to laziness. I have had so many weeks, especially at the beginning of having the podcast, where I was just lazy and I didn't want to do it. And so I would push it off a week or I, I don't know, I would come up with excuses or I would say X, Y, and Z, whatever. Don't do that. You will see so much more growth at such a faster rate if you stay consistent. Not only will you attract more listeners, not only will brands find you more advertiser friendly, but you as a podcaster will also get into the habit of doing it every single week and not coming up with excuses. So treat it like a job, even when it isn't your job. It could become your job though, and that's why from day one, you just need to have that perspective on it because the goal obviously is to be making money to some degree. So yeah, just stay consistent, learn from my mistakes and treat it like a job. So number two is put a little bit of money into it for your equipment. Invest something. I'm not saying to spend a thousand dollars, but I would say a safe area would be between two to three hundred. I do think if you can't afford two or three hundred dollars, waiting an additional month is worth it. In my opinion, others might disagree, but to start a podcast, let's say with just your phone and recording it on your phone, the sound quality is not going to be that of other podcasts that the listeners are probably listening to. And there's just a much more likelihood of them not coming back or not listening to the entire episode because they can't hear it or it sounds like this or sounds like that. So investing in some decent equipment, the microphone I have, I want to say was maybe 150 bucks. And then the program that I still record on is free. And then I have like a $20 pop filter and headphones. My headphones were also like a hundred. So headphones, microphone, pop filter, I think I probably spent maybe 250 bucks. If you really care about what you're saying and what you're talking about, you should want your message to be heard by as many people as possible. I'm extremely passionate about van life and just the things and the experiences that I've learned and getting other people on the road in the fastest, safest, most exciting way. And I want as many people to hear that as possible because it was important for me to learn as much as I could before living on the road. And so, you know, like valuing the information that you're putting out there, you should want it to sound good. And when it sounds good, your message will be reached by more people, which is the goal. Number three, talk about things. This kind of goes into what I was just saying, but talk about things that you would want to hear. What questions can you answer? I was on the road for a while before starting a podcast and I knew what my most common questions were. So I formed an entire episode around each of those questions because I knew a lot of you were wondering those things. That's literally why I'm doing this episode today was because I was asked uh, several times to do it. So answer a question in every episode to some degree or as much as possible. You want to be solving a problem. So just consider what your audience, whatever your target audience is or whoever is following you, what can people learn from your podcast? What are they going to gain from it? Are you giving them life advice? Are you kind of just dumping your emotions on it and therefore they can learn from that? Even if even if you are just doing every episode about yourself and how you're feeling, what life is like, whether it's on the road, in an apartment, there's something to be gained every time you turn the microphone on. However, have something in mind each episode that anyone listening to it, like, what are they going to walk away from it thinking? How will they be better because they listened to that episode? Also, there's probably a lot of you out there who could easily sit down and talk on a microphone right from the beginning, never have any problems, but I know there's also some of you out there like myself who gets anxiety doing anything like this, I still get anxiety just every time I sit down to do the microphone. There's like a little butterflies in my stomach. And being consistent, speaking on something that matters, and knowing that you have good sound quality, like just knowing that I have some sort of setup here, even though it's set up on literally pillows and books right now as well, doing all of those things will help 
your anxiousness and your anxiety going into it because you know that you have purpose, you know that it sounds good, and, and all of those things contribute to confidence. And when you feel confident, you sound better, you speak more clearly, and all of the above. So taking care of those few things will also help minimize any anxiety that you have about public speaking or you know, podcasting, doing videos, that kind of thing, because that is the realm in which gets me going when it comes to anxiety quite a bit. I already went over the equipment. I'm going to say again, just really quickly, Yeti microphone. That's the name of my microphone, a pop filter, which is very cheap. And then you can also have like an arm, like it's a stand essentially for your, for the microphone. However, the Yeti microphone comes with one. So I actually don't even have a nice one yet. I did just order one, but haven't started using it. And then lastly, just some sort of decent headphones. Yeah, I'm sure Apple headphones would probably work, but if you can, or if you already have them, I would invest in a little bit nicer ones. And then the tools that I use in terms of online tools that help me get this podcast to you is Audacity is what it's called. That's what I record on. It's very easy to learn. I do not edit my podcast because that is not in the realm of possibility for me. I feel like I've already had to literally learn how to create and start a brand and learn websites and Instagram and everything I'm going over today. So editing a podcast for me wasn't uh, on my list of things to do. So for Audacity, I just hit record. I hit delete. I hit stop. Like there's five or six buttons that are very easy. If you do want to edit your own podcast, there are dozens of videos on YouTube that you can watch for Audacity. The reason that I got this program specifically was because it was free. When I was starting out, I had already invested in the equipment. I did not want to also invest in recording software. The second thing is Podbean, P-O-D, B-E-A-N, Podbean. That is the hosting platform that I have. It's free for the first handful of episodes. And then I think now I pay like $10 a month for that. But Podbean is essentially what allows me to upload a, a podcast episode on that platform. And then it just automatically goes to iTunes, Spotify, all of the, you know, you know what I'm saying, Pandora. It kind of just goes across the board to everything with one click of a button, which is very, very convenient. You will have to have hosting on something. Even if you don't choose Podbean, do a little bit of research on podcasting hosts that you can choose from and you'll have to have one regardless. And I think at the beginning, you do have to connect it to each. Like once you sign up for Podbean, you put an episode up, you do have to connect it to iTunes and Spotify and everything once. And then once you get that done and each platform approves you, you never have to do it again. I have not done it since then. So now when I hit publish, it just automatically goes out to all of those platforms. And then last but not least is my newest one. It is called Advertise Cast. Like, I mean, exactly how it sounds, Advertise Cast. <laughs> and uh, that is how I get all of my ads for the podcast. I already reach out and speak with brands a lot for sponsored content on my website, for sponsored content on Instagram. And the world of podcast ads, it's just a little bit different than that of Instagram and everything else. So I really did not want to have to manage that as well. I, I feel like there is uh, power in realizing when you are spread too thin and then handing some of that over to someone else. It's the same thing I've done with editing. I could learn how to edit, but it would not be as good as it is with an editor for me. And it would take hours and hours of my time doing that when I could be doing something that would be more valuable for me to be doing. And the same when it comes to ads for the podcast. I have handed that over and they take a percentage, but them finding the ads for me and just telling me, they of course ask if I want to work with a particular company before saying yes. But once I approve them, then they give me like what I need to be saying, what my code is. They give me all of the information and they reach out to brands and they do all of the negotiating and stuff on my behalf. And that just takes things off my plate that I don't need to be doing. So advertise cast, highly recommend. If you do a podcast, I think they have like a minimum of maybe 2000 downloads or something like that per episode. But then once you hit that marker, you are good to go and you can work with them. Okay, that's pretty much everything for podcasting. Be consistent, 
put in a little bit of money, talk about things that you know people would want to hear, solve problems. That is the core of most brands, right? Like every brand is trying to solve a problem. So when you go into your podcast, you should be thinking, what can I do to help people by sitting down and talking for 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, once a week, right? What am I, what am I talking about? And doing those things hopefully will help you grow an audience and get people dedicated to listening to you. And like, if you're solving their problem, they're going to want to keep coming back. So do those things. I wish I would have known some of them. I was not consistent for quite some time. Moving along to Instagram, attracting more people to your Instagram. This is a typically, I mean, unless you like blow up on YouTube or something like that, typically Instagram is a slow and steady chase here. You will always be growing to some degree. And then you might say some dumb shit and lose a bunch of followers. God bless. I have never gone through that. (laughs) Um, I'm very careful about the things that I share, but I know many people who have ruffled some feathers and you end up losing some. That's probably a good thing as well, though, because you want people to be following you who align with all of your beliefs. So going into some of my biggest tips for trying to attract more people to your Instagram account, which I understand also some of you might find this stuff like a little gross to talk about. Like the goal is never followers, right? It's it's not necessarily about the number. It is about the message always, but that that's what I, goes back to what I was saying earlier. When you care about your mission and your message, you do care about numbers because you want everyone and anyone to get your message, to hear your mission. And so when you are passionate about what you are saying and what you're putting out there, numbers do become important. So if you find this stuff a little gross and just kind of like it's a turnoff, that's totally fine. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea for me to sit down here and tell you how to get more followers. I totally get that. But it is valuable to some people, which is why I'm doing it, because they care about their mission. They care about their message and they want as many people to get that as possible. So I just know that this isn't really everyone's thing when you come here listen about van life and I'm telling you how to get followers. But let's let's go into it. Let's get some details. So again, speaking from my own mistakes, post consistently and share your life with people. The key to Instagram is making your followers feel like they're your friends. You guys are my friends. And responding to DMs, sharing your everyday life taking a step back, of course, always when you need it, but not being lazy because you just don't feel like posting or you can't come up with something to write. You know, one thing that I didn't even write this down, but I want to go into it now though. One thing that I see all the time is people putting no effort into their Instagram. Okay. There's like these accounts, they grow really slowly. They complain constantly about their engagement being so bad. And it's the algorithm. It's the algorithm. It is not the algorithm. (laughs) It is your content. And that is okay. Instead of blaming though Sally at Instagram for not liking you and pushing your post down the feed. That It's just not that. Instead of doing that and blaming a mathematical equation that doesn't care who you are, think about how to get your stuff in front of people. And the way the algorithm works is if I engage with your post, if I like it, if I comment on it, tomorrow when you post, I'll see it right away because Instagram knows I like your stuff. So it's not an algorithm to, it's not out to get you, but it is going to show your followers the content that they engage with the most. So what does that mean? It means you need to be posting stuff that they would want to engage with. It it is so important to post what you are passionate about, but there also is, there's importance to also posting what they need, right? Like they follow you for a reason. So what are you going to share with them that is amongst your mission and your message, but also something that they would want to see. I know a lot of you guys like my photography, so I don't just snap a quick photo with my cell phone and post that. That might work for other people, but when I've already kind of set a standard for what, because I love photography. I'm so passionate about it. I love editing and making a, a photo beautiful. I love making sure, you know, the lines look right in my photos and stuff like that. I'm just a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I love it. And I know that I've set a standard with you that that's what you 
expect me to post. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I love it. So I'm not going to just throw up a quick cell phone shot and share that with no caption, no effort given whatsoever, which is what a lot of these people are doing. And they think because they live in a van or they're doing something that other people have followers for that they can just everything will be fine. I don't have to put any effort into my caption. I don't need to write about things that matter. I don't need to spend any amount of time working on my photography or making sure that my photo looks good when it's very much a visual app. That's what it's for. You know, a lot of YouTubers that you see success with them because their videos look great. It's a video platform. Instagram is visual. People want a nice looking picture. That's just the reality of it. You don't have to be a photographer of the world, an editor of the world. You don't have to write you know, a New York Times best-selling captions all the time. That's not what I'm saying. But putting in a little bit of effort when you want to see success from something, it's like any other job. You can't think that you're going to make a full-time income from Instagram putting no effort into any post or any caption when no other job would ever allow you to do that, right? Like, other jobs take research. They take work in, in different ways. But you can't just, you know, throw some a quick photo up and a quick caption and I'm not going to care about anything and I'm not really going to try, but I want to see results because other people have seen results. It's just not the way that that works. So, Secondly, be real. If you have issues with your mental health, of course, if you're not comfortable talking about it, please do not. But people like real. They like raw. If there's one thing that I get sent in like a DM or an email most, like over anything else, it is how much you guys appreciate me being honest and real and raw and coming to you and being like, yeah, my mental health sucks this week. Don't know what to do about that. Probably need therapy. <laughs> like That is the type of attitude that I go to, to things with because it is real and everyone listening can feel that. And it, it feels so much less alone when you know someone else is going through the same things. And we never talk about that kind of stuff. Like, no one talked about mental health in my life growing up. And therefore, I thought I was crazy. And I don't say that lightly. I mean, I thought I was broken, damaged, and not okay. Like, I didn't think anyone felt the way I did. I didn't even know I had social anxiety until I was a grown adult because no one ever talked to me about anxiety. And so sharing those things, like my episode of social anxiety was the first time I ever shared about something like that. And so many of you reached out and were like, oh my gosh, it's so good to know that someone else feels that way. But I didn't know that anyone else felt that way until you messaged me. It wasn't until I said that I think we did the same thing for each other. And to have that relationship with an audience is the most valuable thing in the entire world. So when you are going into Instagram or even back to the podcast, always keep it real. Talk about how you're really feeling. Don't sugarcoat everything because when you sugarcoat stuff, no one finds that relatable. There's one specific account that I'm not going to specify, but it comes to mind so quickly when I say that. And they have lost so many followers. They have lost so much engagement because like I don't relate to another human less than I do this person because the captions are just all about life being perfect. Everything is perfect. They very clearly edit the hell out of their photos. You know, I might like enhance some colors and play around on Lightroom, but when something is so edited, you know, words and photo and doesn't feel like, I, I just have never looked at that account. And I know you all have to have, I'm not trying to shit talk, but I know we all have that one account that you can think of where it's like, I, I've never found myself relatable with this person at all. And the more that you open up, the more that you are yourself in that will take time, by the way, you don't need to come right out the gate with like all your problems. If you can, fantastic. <laughs> but usually it will take a little bit of time to get comfortable and get used to doing that. That is what I did. It took me a while. But as you do that, you will see more and more growth and more and more people reaching out, feeling something. Like you, you've you sparked something in them. And that is very special. And it, it carries a lot of good weight. Like it makes me feel good knowing that I can be that for you guys and that you are always that for me. Like I said, with a social anxiety thing, like 
I, I think a lot of you were like, oh my God, relatable. And then when you said that to me, I was like, oh my God, relatable. I'm not the only one. I'm not completely crazy. My next actual point was something I already just totally went on a rant for, but growing your business, treating it like a business, the algorithm is not out to get you. Pay attention to what people like, what people don't like, the types of captions that are getting you a response. Do not cater to others all the time, but paying attention to what people like hearing is very important. So as long as you have a business account on Instagram, it's super easy to do. You can do it in just a couple minutes. You can see all of your insights, which I'm not good at looking at, by the way, but a lot of people like keeping track of their insights and their analytics and stuff. I really just go off of likes and comments and stuff like that. Comments are my biggest thing because if you comment on one of my photos, then I, whether it's the photo or the caption, something sparked enough in you to want to say something. And that's the important part. And when I say I pay attention to likes, I don't mean that my day is ruined if a photo doesn't do well. I don't care, but I would just take note. I take mental note that that photo did not do well. I wonder why. If I liked it, I'm going to post something like it again, but maybe I didn't really like it and I didn't feel that great about it. And then it didn't get that good of a response. I probably don't need to be posting a ton of content like that. You know, it's just, it is a business. So there is some reality to that. Okay. In terms of tools that I use for Instagram, there's not a lot, but I do use Adobe Lightroom Classic. It is so much easier than Photoshop. I, I A lot of my friends use Photoshop. Fantastic. Wish I could. Don't have the time to learn something so complex. If whoever out there Photoshops everything, God bless you. I, I, I cannot. There are a ton of YouTube videos though for Lightroom Classic if you want to learn how to edit on there. It does not take much time, especially compared to the whole shebang of uh, Photoshop. And you can even buy or get for free presets from other people. I do sell my presets. You do not need to buy mine. I do not want anyone to feel like you have to conform to the look of Instagram. The good thing when it comes to presets though is like I will edit a photo and then I save the end product as a preset so that when I go to edit a photo like that one, I can just apply the preset and do very minimal adjustments. So it's not about conforming to, because I recently, there was a podcast that came out where they touched on this and it is important and it's very valid, but my goal, and I know a lot of other people's goal is not to convince another person to conform to the way that my photos look. And I just want your photos to look just like mine. That's not it at all. It saves me so much time when it comes to editing. And that's all I'm trying to do for you. If you aren't sure what my numbers in Lightroom look like, where, what, how much I put my blues over this way and my oranges over that way and whatever else, buying a preset from me or literally anyone else, it will just give you an inkling of how I edit my photos, how they edit theirs, just to mess around so that you know that the, doing this makes it look like that, doing this, look, you know what I mean? It just kind of, well, it will just save you time in the long run. That's all I'm trying to say. I feel like I'm talking so fast, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, you can use a scheduling platform. I do not use that. I do know some business people, though, who do. The one that I use for Pinterest, and I'll go over that in a little bit for websites, is called Tailwind. I love Tailwind for Pinterest, but I'm not familiar with it for Instagram, but there's a couple different platforms. A scheduling platform, basically, it's exactly how it sounds. If you are going to be out of service for a week, but you want to keep posting or you don't want to have to think about it all the time, you can just schedule out as many posts as you want. You can put the captions, you can even put the hashtags that you want to use or whatever. You can include all of that on the platform, so it will just automatically post to Instagram and Facebook for you. Like I said, I do not do that, but I have friends who do, and it saves them lots of time. Lastly, the last tool is one that you literally heard me learn about in my episode with Brie, which is Facebook groups. I had no idea about them until recently. They can bring a lot of traffic to Instagram from there and even from other platforms, from Pinterest and stuff like that. You can go into a Facebook group and just say, you know, hey guys, my name is Sydney. This is why I'm in the group. This is why I'm interested in building a relationship with you. And then put your Instagram handle. And some of these groups are huge. And so some of them will click the link come on over. If they like it, they'll follow you. Same goes for Pinterest, where you can basically, through Tailwind, 
I don't know if this is going to make sense. I like got my hands ready and everything I'm trying to explain to the best of my abilities. I have Tailwind for Pinterest. Like I said, going to talk about that in a minute, but there is an extension that you download to your computer with Tailwind so that anytime I'm looking at a photo on my laptop, I can click this little icon next to the URL and the photo I'm looking at will pop up in the extension for Tailwind and I can schedule it to my Pinterest. So what I do is after I post on Instagram, I do this once every couple weeks and I'll do like my past, you know, several posts. I don't do this every time, but let's say it's been two weeks. I've posted a few times on Instagram. I will go to instagram.com on my laptop. I have that tailwind extension and then I click on the extension and all my Instagram photos come up and then I can schedule my Instagram photos into Pinterest so that people can find me on Pinterest as well. So the point is kind of scattering your presence in different places, whether you have a YouTube channel or you use Pinterest as well or Facebook groups, it's important not to just stick with only Instagram you know, when you only are on one platform, you only have one group of people and you can only reach so many. But then once you kind of scatter it a little bit, you're just opening the doors to all these different people and you can funnel them towards the same platform. You can get, you know, get them over to Instagram, but try and reach out to other platforms instead of just sticking with one. I think that that's everything for Instagram. I am doing a course. I'm creating a course, which I know tons of people have courses, but I love talking about this stuff and I did study social media uh, marketing in college. That's not what I have a degree in, but I took lots of classes in it and I love marketing in general, but I really do love social media. I love building relationships online. So I am going to have a course where I talk about this stuff much more extensively. Today is just kind of like a concise version of what the course will be, but the course won't be out for a while. So this is (laughs) what you get in the meantime. Okay, lastly, monetizing Instagram. The only platform I use to monetize Instagram, it is called Aspire IQ, A-S-P-I-R-I-Q.com. And basically that just connects you to brands who are looking uh, for, I have to use the word influencer in this circumstance. I hate that word, but they're looking for people, content creators, whatever you want to call it, uh, to show off their brand a bit. And then I get to see it and find brands who are looking for that because you can email companies until the cows come home. Half of them do not respond. One out of every 10 might work out. It just is exhausting. And so finding a platform like Aspire IQ has saved me. And I like 90% of my ads have come directly from Aspire IQ because they're brands who are looking for me and I am looking for them. And so, you know, I only apply to the ones that I think align well with me. It's not like you have to work with just anyone on that platform, but there's a lot of companies who I love that are on that platform. And then just by sending a message to them and them responding at all, I now have a contact with them. I have a person's name and that alone just helps in for the future. If I ever want to talk to them, you know what I mean? I can just ask for this particular person who obviously has something to do with their social media or marketing. So there's a lot of benefit to that. Anyway, fast forward now back to website stuff. This is how I had an income. I've built my traffic over the last two years-ish, however long I've had a website. And now I am sitting around 100,000 page views a month for reference, I guess. I don't know. It took a very long time for me to get to that. So do not let that intimidate you. It will take you a while to get there as well, but it is so worth it. I love writing. So having a place where I can write everything that I'm learning, I have blog posts on every podcast episode as well. So everything that I have learned lives in different places. Some of you, if you're here, you might enjoy listening to advice a little bit more than reading it. And so there are people who'd rather read it than listen to it. So I try and cater to each person and how you might want to absorb things, whether it's reading it or listening to it. The first thing I want to say about 
a blog or a website of any kind, if you have a shop and it's only going to be a few pages, like you're selling clothes or you're selling something and it's not going to be a very extensive website, then you can use Wix, use Squarespace, use whatever you want. If you are going to have an extensive website like mine where I have tons of different blog posts, there's just a lot of pages and a lot going on there. I highly recommend WordPress. WordPress is the industry standard. It does take a long time to learn the ins and the outs. It is a complex platform. It is not super easy to use. I don't want to intimidate you, but I also want to be realistic. It's not easy, but it is worth it to transition from Squarespace or Wix to or whatever platform to WordPress is not that easy and you'll have to go back and make a thousand changes. And so starting on WordPress is your easiest of options. I would watch some YouTube videos, maybe sign up for a course with someone that you trust and get started there. It it will be a bit of a journey, but it will be so worth it. And then if you ever want to hire anyone, if you're ever making an income enough to have a team or hire someone to work on the web developing or do anything, I've even hired freelancers to just make small changes that I couldn't figure out. They are all going to work with WordPress, honestly, unless you hire a Wix specific person, which they do exist. But the point is, when it comes to the industry of like big blogs. And if there's a particular blogger that you love that has a larger audience at all, I can just promise you that their website is on WordPress. In terms of making money on your on your website or your blog, I would highly suggest learning about affiliate marketing. I do have several blog posts about this topic if you want to learn more, but there's a lot out there. Tons of people have written about it. I think there's a website also called like Smart Passive Income. That website talks about it a lot. The guy who runs it is super smart, but affiliate marketing is how I've made money since even before I think I moved into my first van. Even my first month ever, I think I made like 50 cents or a few dollars or something. It was nothing, but it has done nothing but grow since then. And affiliate marketing is the number one way that I made money. And now I do ads on my website and sell my own products. I like sell, like I mentioned earlier, the presets, my van dimensions, a couple little things like that, a media kit. So now I kind of have money coming from a couple different places from my website, but still to this day, affiliate marketing is by far number one. Yeah, learn about it. You don't even have to sell your own products. You're basically just getting paid for recommending other people's products, which is very nice. You also don't have to have a super big blog to do affiliate marketing to make money. I hope I made that clear by saying like, this is what I've been doing since day one. From the moment you have a website, you can start doing affiliate marketing. There are some companies who have a minimum, like a very high minimum. So it's going to be a while before you could be an affiliate with them. But companies like Amazon, you can work with right away, start making money from them from day one. And so, yeah, you do not need to have like a giant audience or there's just no prereqs whatsoever. You can just get started immediately. And then lastly, same thing for the podcast and for Instagram, write content, write blog posts that you know people need or will want to read, especially for blogs. It's like YouTube where it's all about, not clickbait, that sounds terrible, but like you want to make a person click on it. So if you just write something, if I just wrote Sydney's journey during van life and I put that on Pinterest, people who don't know me don't really care, right? But instead you can phrase things like I just wrote one that was my biggest van build mistakes. And anybody doing a van build probably going to click on that because they're going to want to know what I did that I regret doing. And you just want to phrase things in a way to get people to click it because as soon as they click it, they might come across your affiliate links. And then, you know, through reading your affiliate links and the whatever you wrote, your van build mistakes, they're also scrolling through ads. You're getting paid for them seeing the ads, getting people to click on blog posts and helping them in the process by giving them information that they need. Uh, You're also getting paid to be doing that. So for ads specifically, you can also sign up for Google AdSense from day one. You can do that from the very beginning. There is no prerequisite for that either. I recently just transitioned to Mediavine. Mediavine has, I think, a minimum of like 20,000 sessions is what they call it. And I just 
learned about Mediavine. Brie has taught me quite a bit in terms of uh, WordPress and websites and stuff. So I just learned about that. I got approved for it. And Mediavine does the same thing as Google AdSense, but they just pay a little bit more. And because they have that minimum, they know that whatever, whatever websites are applying, that they are credible to some extent. So while you're using Google AdSense and you're making a little bit less, you just want to be building your credibility. Try guest writing on some other blogs. If you, if anyone's ever interested in guest writing on my blog, you're always welcome to. All you have to do is shoot me an email. And although you're giving me an article, you can include as many links as you want to your own social media, to your own website. And I did that for a long time, which the more links you have back to your website, Google can see those links. And the more links you have back to your website, the more credible you look to companies like Mediavine, to Google, so on and so forth. Okay, I know I've talked about Pinterest and Tailwind, but Pinterest is my number one traffic source to my website. I have lived by Pinterest for the last two years. Before uh, van life and doing my website and stuff, I did not really like Pinterest. I've never been a wedding, you know, having all these boards on my Pinterest for my wedding and for this and for that. I That was never my uh, cup of tea, but for getting traffic to your website, it is number one. It is key to success. Everyone that I know with a blog has a Pinterest and gets a tremendous amount of traffic from it. So I recommend getting a little bit familiar with it. Download Tailwind. I love Tailwind. It's free for a while. And then it's a pretty good trial though. I think it's free. It was free for me for quite a bit. And then uh, now I pay like an annual one-time fee. It basically just schedules like 10 to... 50, however many you want. I used to do 50. Now I've scaled back, but that many pins per day. And the course I'm going to be doing later down the line is going to really go over exactly how I use Tailwind. I'm sure there's a YouTube video on it though as well. And basically, so I don't have to pin 20 times a day. I can just schedule 20 times a day through Tailwind. That way I'm constantly pinning without actually having to be pinning. So I do that like once a week, I'll schedule the whole week's worth of pins. And then, like I said, that brings so much traffic over to my website. So there's Tailwind, Pinterest, Mediavine. And then lastly, I swear by Elementor. It's exactly how it sounds. I also have links to that on my website as well if you can't find it, but it's called Elementor on WordPress. WordPress is similar to like, say you just got a new phone. The phone is WordPress. Plugins are like apps. So when you download a plugin, most of which are free, you have a new capability on your WordPress. So it's like if you download an app on your phone and now you have the ability to get on Instagram or you have this, that it's the exact same thing for a plugin. And Elementor is a plugin. There's a free version. And then for an a nicer version, which I now have. It's a one-time payment of like 30 bucks or something. But that is how I build all of my pages in my website. So if you're super unfamiliar with WordPress, this all might be a little bit confusing, but you create a, a website with WordPress, you download the plugins that basically allows you to make certain design changes and add certain things. But with Elementor, I was able to get rid of so many of my plugins that all did one specific function because Elementor is like this all-encompassing plugin that allows you to build any kind of post or page that you are looking to create. It is insane. You can literally do whatever you want in Elementor. I love it. I did not know about it. And then once I got it, I had to transition every single page of my website over to Elementor so that they would all look consistent. And so if you're just starting out, I recommend looking into it. You can even spend some time on the Elementor website to see all of the abilities that it has. And it will just help make things a lot easier. Like I said, WordPress is very difficult and Elementor lessens that drastically for me. So I'm super excited that I found it and that I no longer, you, I don't have to learn any amount of coding or anything. Like it does all of that for me and I really like it. It does not slow down your website at all. Uh, so yeah, I definitely recommend that. And that is the end of my notes for the day. I have nothing else. Um, I hope that this was helpful for you. I know it's really confusing if you're at the very beginning of a lot of this. I feel like if I would have listened to this episode 
two years ago, I'd be a little lost, which is totally fine if you're feeling that way. Every single person that you see who might look like they're on the other side of things, like myself even, I'm still just as lost, but just not in terms of what I talked about today. But, you know, I'm still learning new stuff all the time, constantly. I'm doing a coffee brand now, so I have, a, you know, I've never done that. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so you are just at the beginning of a new thing, a new project. It's exciting. You know, listen back to this episode if you didn't take notes and just write some stuff down. I'm going to continue to have blog posts on it so that you can revisit it without listening to the whole episode again, although I would love that. And so, yeah, I'll have links to everything. Like I said, I have a blog post specifically for the podcast portion so that you can see the exact equipment that I talked about today. I do get asked frequently about earning a remote income. Please join my Facebook group. It is all about earning a remote income, even though we talk about van life every single day in the group. There's someone in there that can answer your questions about earning remote income. I know it. If not, I will do my very best. Uh, if to find it, you can just go to my, my Divine on the Road on Facebook, hit groups, and that should be like the only group that I'm technically in. So it should be easy to find. Yeah, join that. Check out the blog post on podcasting if that's what you're interested in. Good luck with all of this. Please do ask questions. I enjoy talking to you about this kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm a real nerd for marketing. I enjoy it. Next week's episode will not be this informative at all. It will be much more emotion-based. I will be doing a mental health check-in. I will be telling you just where I've been at, kind of. I guess an update would probably be a more accurate term. I haven't talked to you guys really since my social anxiety episode, and yeah, I just want to tell you where I'm at and how I'm feeling, and it helps me to do that, and I know that it helps some of you, and I love that. So, I want to be an open book, and so we're going to do that next week. My book recommendation, I never know what I have recommended and what I have not. Right now, I am going to be reading How to Be an Anti-Racist with the book club Diversify Van Life. I think on Instagram it's Diversify Van Life Book Club, but they are going to be reading that book, and so I'm jumping in on the book club. We'll be starting in like a week from today. So you'll have a few days to order it or get it online. I ordered it online. I did just finish Brene Brown's Gift of Imperfections. And if you struggle, like myself, with courage, compassion, and there was another one, but they're like the pillars of living more wholeheartedly, kind of. And she just really goes in depth of why some people lack compassion, why some people lack courage, and all of this stuff. I made it sound like I lack those things, which I'm sure I do at times. But yeah, I just found the entire book very helpful. It's Brene Brown. She's phenomenal always. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And I'm looking forward to the book club and reading How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I will let you know what I think of that book as soon as I am done. But I think being in a book club as I dive into all of this anti-racism, activism type of work, it is new to me to be reading books like this, to be perfectly honest. And I did read White Fragility. And if you are familiar with that book, oh my god, it is not an easy read at all. I mean, not because just the topics are harsh alone. That I'm okay with. I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable, all of that stuff. But it is like literally just a difficult book to read. <laughs> and so I'm really looking forward to having a book club to dive into this new anti-racism book because having people to talk to, if it's anything like White Fragility, will be very beneficial. But like I said, I will let you know what I think of that book as soon as we finish. And that is all for me today. I have been thinking of you all a lot lately. I hope that you are well. I'm excited to talk to you next week more on like an emotional level and so that we can reconnect. And yeah, I love you all so much and I will talk to you then. Bye.